everyone and welcome to season three, episode one of the Big at the Back podcast World Cup special. I am unfortunately joined here by Matthew Higgins. Matt, how are you doing? I am great, thank you. The World Cup is well and truly underway, so I have been watching so much football, some better than others, let's put it that way. It's been uh, an interesting start to the tournament so far, but hey-ho, here we we are. (laughs) Um, It's good to have you, well, that's a lie. It's okay to have you back. Uh, How was your honeymoon? Did you have a, a lovely time? It only took you, what, best part of two years after the wedding to actually go on your honeymoon? Yeah, a little bit more than that, actually, also. But, uh, yeah, it was lovely. It was nice to be away, mainly from you. Although, with so much football coming up, we ended up chatting most of the time anyway. Um, but, yeah, it, it was great. Uh, Safari was the best thing I've ever done, and I strongly recommend all listeners to go and do it, which sounds really bad considering we're in a cost-of-living crisis, but grow up, just spend all your money to go on Safari. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that, that's... That's some statement. Back with a bang. Um, yeah, back, good start as you mean to go on. Uh, exactly. I like how this is season three, and then by the time we go back to the Premier League, we, does it then become season two again? Or no, we're going to season, season four. four. Season four. We keep knocking and rolling. Keep season moving. five. Skip season four out altogether. <laughs> no, do season five, then go back to season four. It's a prequel. <laughs> um. So let's talk about the World Cup. And look, the first game, Qatar-Ecuador, was just funny. I didn't watch any of it. It was when I was travelling back. But the the offside goal that was absolutely not offside from from Ecuador initially. I mean, what a joke of a World Cup already. Well, I mean, the thing is... When they actually finally showed the correct replay and explained it, technically it's offside. But the problem is no one in their right mind watching that back in the stadium at the time, watching it in a replay, no one watching it at home knew, no one thought that goal was offside. Um, So while it is technically correct, it isn't just... It baffles me that that is what VAR is used for. But I guess the, the argument from them would be that offside isn't subjective it's objective so if it's offside it's offside but I mean whoever was in the VAR chair that day did well to find that goal as as offside I totally agree um to be honest I don't really have much to say about group A um Netherlands beating Senegal 2-0 eh like bit boring um but group B which is England's group, is great. And that's where we're going to spend, spend the most of today talking about, because England beating Iran 6-2. I think we were both very happy watching this game. Both of Saka's goals were an absolute joy to watch. He was magnificent. Um, thoughts on the game overall and Shaw and Maguire being as terrible as we knew they were? Yeah, I th- I mean, I didn't expect this game to go the way it did. I expected a tight, cagey affair. Mm. England are notoriously slow starters in World Cups specifically, but tournaments in general. Um, So to come out in the first game and score six uh, is very impressive. I think Bellingham was an absolute superstar in that midfield. He is just just quality. To be that good at 19 is scary. Um, But yeah, like Southgate said himself after the game, and, and we all know that you can't really be conceding two goals in these sorts of games. Um, if you want to go deep in tournaments, it's all based on your defence. So you've got to keep 
clean sheets in games like this. Uh, so that is something they'll definitely be working on before Friday, I'm sure. Yeah, I thought this game was so interesting because it was so weird. We don't normally get games like this, especially on the international stage where things are a lot more cagey. But I think England controlled the game for the majority of it very well. But defensively, proven once again, we were incredibly suspect. Um, Let's talk about the negatives first because there are so many positives, Bellingham being the star of the show, obviously. But... In terms of negatives, Shaw and Maguire should never be playing for England together. And what I'd rather see is Trippier move over to the left and start Trent at right back. Um, or if Walker's back, start him at right back. Don't have Shaw on the pitch. Because if you're playing four and you've got Maguire and Shaw, then that's just a recipe for disaster. I thought Rice consistently gave the ball away in the middle too easily. And Mason Mount looks like the year two kids in the playground that's trying to play with all the year sixes. He's just completely out of his depth in the international scene. Um, well, what were your thoughts in terms of that side of the game? Yeah, I think you can get away with certain things in these sorts of games, but obviously as the tournament goes on, you've got to improve on them. Um, I'm hoping that over these next two group games, we see steady improvements, especially defensively, because these players are still just coming off the back of the first half of a Premier League season, they've got to find their feet. They're still probably acclimatising. The game is... The idea of the World Cup is obviously you grow into it as you go on. So that's that's what I'm hoping for. Um, mm. The defensive line, I don't think... We, we could well see it shift to a back five as you get into those knockout phases, but um, we'll see if that's going to be the case. Obviously, Walker being injured probably meant that there was no chance it was ever going to happen in this game. But if he's back fit for one of the next two, then potentially that could happen. Um, but then I guess the argument to that is we scored six goals playing with a back four. So um, we'll see what they do there. Um, oh yeah, I think Rice did not have his best game in an England shirt. Um, definitely not. Um, and I guess the... Uh, I don't know if it's a positive or a negative that you score six and your striker doesn't get any. Um, but it would be nice for Kane to have gotten the score street as well. But it's encouraging that you don't need your star striker to score to put a team to the sword. Well, as we know from Danny Brakey in the Spurs chat today, Kane is not a striker. He's a number 10. So that is true. Make of that what you will from a Spurs fan, guys. Um, but yeah, I actually thought Kane didn't play badly at all. He dropped deep a lot and let the other forward players run on. And his assist for Sterling's goal was superb. So honestly... If we can score six and Kane not get a single every game and Kane not get a single goal in the tournament, I'm not too worried to be honest. I thought he played his role really, really well. Mason yeah, Mount- um, and he also got the assist for the Rashford goal as well with yeah. a nice little turn in the middle. And Rashford was just in acres of space, so he played his role perfectly. Um, there was a lot of people that weren't particularly happy that. Um, Bet365 boosted him to have a shot on target to evens, and Bet365, I'm sure, made a lot of money off that. Um, thankfully, I tried to get it on just before the game started, but it wouldn't load up. So I, I managed to dodge that bullet. I only put 15 quid on it. I was going to put a lot more on it. And I, <laughs> I only put 15. Um, in terms of betting, actually, I lost on the England game and I lost on the Qatar game, but I won so big on the Netherlands that I've, I'm now in the positives at the moment. Um, I know France are about to kick off, so I could lose a bit on that as well. Uh, we'll wait and see. Um, I'm going to push you on this. Mason Mount, because he's not someone you mentioned so far. No. I think he, he shouldn't be playing for England. There is, I, 
Southgate likes him because he presses from the front um, and he can trust him to do that. But you'd like to think that you can put anyone in there and do the same job. Um, you could throw Foden in there, but the issue is Foden plays more out on the left for City. Mm. But you'd like to think he could do a job in the 10. Madison, if he's fit for the second game, do you give him a go? I can't see Southgate going for it, but I would like to see that. Um, what's more likely, I think, is we're going to see, um, unless there's any injuries that come up, I think we're going to see a completely unchanged 11 going into the USA game on Friday with the idea of winning that six points, get the top of the group cemented, and then potentially make some changes for the third game next week. Um, that's what I think will happen. Uh, obviously, like I say, barring any injuries, because it looks like Kane picked up a knock, but I would imagine he'll be he'll be strapped up and sent out on Friday. Yeah, I'd imagine so, at least for the first half. Let us put them to the sword, then give Kane a rest. Um, but I think our attacking players, and our attacking play actually looks superb. Bakayu Saka, the star of the show, I thought both of his goals were absolutely gorgeous. I thought he was great. Kane playing his role well, Sterling getting on the score sheet despite having a very quiet game. And I'm glad to see that because I want Sterling to get some confidence. If he can pick up his Euros form, he'll be magnificent for us. Um, obviously, I'd like to see Foden starting, but I would have had him starting over Saka. And Saka was our best attacking player this game. So I don't think there's any scope for Foden starting. Um, what do you think of the attacking line and how it works in this game? Well, like I say, you can't really have any complaints, can we? You, oh. you score six goals. Um, they all did their jobs really well. And then even like two of the subs that came on picking up goals as well with Rashford and Grealish both getting on the score sheet. So uh, like I say, the only thing I would have liked to have seen is Kane getting something because uh, it is good for your captain and your, and your, sort of your talisman and your main star striker to get a goal early in a tournament. But that being said, um, the interplay between um, the three of them in that front line worked really well. Like you say, Saka was great. Sterling just always seems to pop up with goals for England in big tournaments. Mm. Um, like you said, his Euros form last year was great. Uh, so if he can get anywhere near those standards again after what has been a very disappointing first half of the season for him, uh, then, you know, hopefully we can go fairly far in this tournament. Um, it's safe to say that based on what we've seen so far on the pitch, we have been the best side. I know there's big sides still to come, but um, there's been a couple of, well, one big shock today, um, plus uh, some other disappointing performances from some lesser offensive teams, but still some good sides. Yeah, completely agree. Um, and I think for the first game, we've navigated it really, really well. We've rested a load of players when we got to suck them all off. So I'm feeling pretty good about us in the World Cup at the moment. Um, all I'm going to say is I hate Callum Wilson now. <laughs> I had uh, I had a few like free bets from signing up to a new bookie. And one of them, when he came on, I put a tenner on Wilson to score next. And he was through one-on-one oh. -on -one and he squared it to Greenish. Being oh. your striker, be greedy. You're in a World Cup. Just bury it. He was trying to make sure Southgate knew to stick him. Um, you'll have to send me the new bookie as well because I don't have any except Bet365 at the moment. So send me Tell me who it was. It was Live Score Bet. Live Score Bet. Okay. Because uh, when I was in college, I did loads of cashback offers uh, with loads of these bookies and ended up getting lifetime bans from most of them. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I, think I, I think I deposited and bet a tenner and I got £30 in free bets. So yeah, I'll have a look at that like, tomorrow then. Um, but yeah, overall, really, really happy with England. Um, USA-Wales, I thought it was quite a boring game, but I thought USA were the better of the two sides. Ramsey was terrible by his standards, by what I remember of him. What did you think of that game? 
Yeah, I think by all accounts, um, he hasn't played that much for Nice since he signed. Uh, so he might be coming a little bit. Yeah, so there you go. He's probably coming in a little bit cold, but obviously he's one of Wales's star players, so he's always going to get a starting role. They, I think they were lucky to get away with a point, Wales. Mm-hmm. But judging by most of the news coverage of it this morning, I think they'd have won the game like 4-0 or something. Um, but it it was a little bit mad. The goal from Timothy Weir was really well taken. Um, a lovely uh, through ball from Pulisic, perfectly weighted and just slotted home on the outside of his right foot. But mm-hmm. it all came down to Fulham legend Tim Ream having an absolute moment of madness and diving in behind, at the back of Gareth Bale. Um, and to be fair, who, who else are you going to want in that situation to step up and take that penalty? I'll tell you who you want. You want Salah Alashiri. Okay. Who scores in Saudi Arabia's 2-1 win today over Argentina. What a mental game of football this was. Uh, one of my uh, team members at work was telling me that he thinks this is the biggest World Cup upset of all time. And I'm casting my mind back. I can maybe think of South Korea versus Spain in 2002, but he was very insistent and pulled up loads of stats that I couldn't be bothered to argue with that this was the biggest one. Um, w- Tips as the favourites just about going into this World Cup, Argentina. Best player in the world, Lionel Messi, against Saudi Arabia, not even in the top 50 in the world. Um, Saudi Arabia coming from behind after going 1-0 down and winning 2-1. Argentina had 15 shots in this match. Saudi Arabia had three and scored two goals. So it was very much one of those games. How happy did this make you as an Englishman? It was fantastic. I mean, credit to Saudi Arabia where it's due. They played a brave game with a high line um, and caught Argentina offside a lot. Um, Mm. I think uh, the stat I heard uh, during the game was at one point they they had eight offsides in the game and it might have been more by the time the game finished, which was more than they had in the whole of the 2018 World Cup. (laughs) Um, So it was a brave tactic, but it worked. Um, They caught them offside a lot. And even in that first half, when Argentina took the lead, they still made things happen. They looked dangerous on the counter and they were never really out of the game. Um, And then they took two beautiful goals. Like Both finishes were so well taken. Um, And they defended like heroes. They were throwing their bodies in front of everything. their keeper, I thought, was hilariously brilliant. Um, he's just so eccentric. Uh, but he, I just loved it. It was brilliant. And I won some money on the game as well, so everyone's a winner. Well, I didn't bet on this. Um, Argentina had 10 offsides in total. Um, nine corners. Uh, Saudi Arabia committed 21 fouls um, <laughs> and had 30% possession. So it was uh, just absolutely fantastic. Um but as for the biggest World Cup shocks, I think, uh, I can't remember exactly who it was. It might have been Italy. Uh, in 1966, um, North Korea, um, I think it was Italy. It may have been Portugal, but it was one of those two. Um, and that's when they got through to the knockout stages. So I'll leave you to oh. do some research on that one. Interesting. So I've just looked up North Korea World Cup wins and I've just got, North Korea propaganda shows country winning the World Cup over and over. 
Um, so, ah, so North Korea won the first round after competing against Soviet Union, Chile, and Italy. So in 1966. Um, I think they beat Italy. Yeah, so they beat Italy, uh, it looks like, because they got to the quarterfinals. Played and they lost four. to Portugal after they went 3-0 up against Portugal. Uh, and they lost oh, five. Nice. Eusebio um, absolutely destroyed them. When yeah, they went what, through. a 1-0 win in Middlesbrough. It's because they went to Liverpool. That's why they lost. They were they were on a winning streak in Middlesbrough. Um, North Koreans don't travel well to that far north. Yeah. <laughs> it's a well-known <laughs> fact. Yeah, don't do well on Orlando Discuss. Um, <laughs> how did we get here? Um, I don't know. <laughs> the other game today... Well, both of the other games today were really boring. France are playing now, so I don't have that on. Um, but, yeah... I'll you, keep you updated. I mean, I should put it on, really. Mexico nil, Poland nil. Lewandowski missing a penalty was ridiculous. He absolutely should have put that away. Um, Denmark-Tunisia was such a boring game. It was just poking my own eyes out. Really brave by the ref, though, at the end. Handball incident. The ref got told by VAR to look again. He went over to the screen and stuck with his decision. How often do you see that? Absolute mad lad. You love to see it, though. It's about yeah. time. Like, just because they send you over there doesn't mean you have to change your mind. Um, it's one of those you see him given so often as well. Um, it does come off his arm, there's no denying it. Mm. Uh, it's a little bit away from his body, but fair play. I think yeah. there's, been, there's been so many penalties given so far in this tournament as well. Um, and we could talk until we're blue in the face about VAR and the inconsistencies because obviously no penalty was given for England in uh, the first game yesterday. Um, but then we've seen so many other incidents, um, at least two others, where penalties have been given for similar things so far so um that's one of what i feel is going to be the talking points of this world cup it feels like you should just back a penalty yeah. to be given in every game at the moment because they're just yeah. constantly coming up uh, but I mean, yeah Lewandowski missing one you love like he just he's never going to score a world cup goal is he? it's not going to happen well, it's completely just he's never going to have another chance like that and you normally he'd be absolutely putting that away but it was a really bad penalty as well um, I've got the Australia-France game on now, so I'm hoping that we see some action live on stream. Um, something else to talk about then is World Cup fantasy football. Um, <laughs> so, for anyone playing World Cup fantasy football, there's been quite a bit of talk about this on social media. So let, let me just explain one of the many reasons why this game is so broken and ridiculous. So, each game week lasts... Oh, my uh, days. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Australia! <laughs> Aussie, Aussie, Aussie! Oh my oh. days. Fantastic. Australia have just got 1 0 up live on stream for those that haven't figured out what was happening. So, eight, eight minutes and 51 seconds in, Australia are 1 0 up against previous world champions France. What were we saying about biggest upsets ever? Oh, mate. It's, this tournament is looking like an absolute... I mean, it's not. It's the worst World Cup ever, but... Well, yeah, but uh, it's... Completely unmarked on the back post. Completely unmarked. No one tracking the runner at all. Um, Great cross and good finish. Yeah, excellent. Excellent cross. And yeah, you're right. Good finish straight into the roof of the net. 
Larice had no chance. Wow. I think I might need a beer in a minute, just like you. Um, so, let's... Tournament sponsors. <laughs> yeah, tournament sponsors. We're the only ones that can drink it. <laughs> oh, Budweiser are going to give about 75 million worth of beer to the World Cup winner. Please let it be Qatar. That wins. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it's like they've given um, Saudi Arabia have declared a public holiday tomorrow. They must all be out on the lash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. <laughs> right, World Cup fantasy football. So, the trick for those that you do, that don't know already is each game week is three to four days long and you can make transfers during the game week. So, if you're using your wild cards in game week two, then at the start of game week two, you can pick a completely new team. Then when they've all played assuming you don't pick anyone from the last game, which is like Portugal, Uruguay, then when all of your players have played, you can transfer them out for a completely new team to play in game week three. So by using a wild card in game week two, you actually get two weeks worth of wild card, which is completely broken. Now, it's also worth noting that today, World Cup Fantasy Football have just changed the rules. So midfielders get seven points for a goal instead of five. As of today, three days into the World Cup. There's also problems with the transfers. So you can actually end up with a full team confirmed with minus four million in the bank and seven midfielders and something like that. The game is awful. It's a mess. It's chaos. And the prize is rubbish. But I still want to do really well. It's, yeah, they are just making it up as they go along, aren't they? Uh, so do, I mean, I would assume that they'll fix the wild card bug before game week two starts. No. Uh, so it was actually Andy Let's Talk FBL on Twitter. He uh, was DMing the uh, admin of the FIFA World Cup game and he got confirmation that they had done it intentionally and there was no intention of fixing it. So you can find Andy on Let's Talk FPO on Twitter, but he's confirmed it all and posted the DMs with the FIFA uh, World Cup tech guy, and it's all been confirmed. Absolute what? madness. What is... What, what a world we live in. What Incredible. I was looking at doing as well is, say, in game week two, because you can make transfers during the game week as well from different players. Yeah. So... Say you had a really cheap forward, three million, and Lionel Messi. Messi plays and 